0: a really good draft in the um in the defensive backfield Um, i think there's depth late in the linebacker position Um, tight end class is good so i think you know it it's on how you see the board and every team will see it differently and you know i think it may it may you know be viewed to some teams as really deep um, because those are the like if you need a db i think you think it's a really good class and if you know you're you're pretty good at that position um you might say it's a a thin class Um, but like every year i mean there'll be chances and opportunities to get guys in certain different rounds that um, make a lot of sense and get really good value on.
1: So we just have to be, um, you know, on point with our board like we had been in the past. Y'all, oh, we're back, baby. You know that, you know, showing BK couldn't couldn't just, just sit out the draft portion of this bad boy. We're ready. That means the next season started, man. We had the champagne the last time we were here. You know, we, we toasted a championship, you know, and, and, and now we're turning the page, baby got different get drunk ground.
2: did we get drunk on that episode I don't remember
1: I may have been <laughs> and I may have gotten sick due to uh, <laughs> probably uh, old um champagne um, and if we're gonna be honest you know it had been open several days but I had saved it just for the <laughs> podcast and <laughs> might, maybe not <laughs> listen maybe I listen I never said I was the sharpest tool in the shed but um, <laughs> But, I mean, I am in the shed. Uh, But, I mean, I'm not the sharpest tool, and that was one of my moments. Uh, And, uh, and, you know, hey, man, it it was good. That was worth it to me. Cigars and old champagne, baby, that's what it's all about.
0: (laughs) Nothing better. I mean, it's good to be back
1: with the two of you. It's so great to be able to talk
0: Chiefs again. And, Ron, you know this is my favorite time of the year. There's nothing better than draft time. Oh, God. We we had to do it. We had to do it.
1: When are you going to start doing mock drafts, BK?
0: I'll, I'll send one out. I'll send one out on, like, Wednesday. Doesn't, I just do one. Just do
1: one. Doesn't BK sort of seem like a guy who is who is reveling to do a seven-round mock draft? No, I don't Man. have that in me. I've oh, got one. I oh, shut up. The hell you don't have that in you? you I don't really do,
2: do them so much anymore, but I used to. I'd do fifty of those things before. Jay we Binkley is my future.
0: <laughs> like there will come a point in time where I'm just binking it. Where it's it's is that
1: written? what we're calling it now? <laughs> yeah, it.
2: What I'm really excited for once we get post draft, then we can start doing fantasy mock drafts. That's what oh, that, that's go. what I dive into. Okay. Here for that. Uh,
1: it's almost
0: best ball season, sorta.
2: Yeah,
1: it's crazy. It's crazy. So we're
2: all gonna be in
1: Kansas City for the draft uh, coming up, and uh, that that'll be fun. That'll be fun. So the the whole team will be. Uh, in the same place. I don't know if we'll ever be together, but we'll be in the same place <laughs> for the draft. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time as, as Kansas City gets the draft, win the championship, you get the draft, and like and a new but, airport. I can't, hey, I can't wait. Have you, have you been, have any of you been in it?
2: I haven't, I haven't flown out of it yet. I'm uh-huh. going out of town the last week of May. It'll be my first flight out of there.
1: Oh my God. I, I'm two days away. I cannot wait. I've set. I've sat and got lost on social media just looking at everybody's <laughs> posts and photos and looking at the, and the. I probably got all the restaurants memorized in there <laughs> already, so I can't wait. I cannot wait for this bad boy. So it's going to be a good time. I, I will say this draft does feel a lot different than last year. Like last year was weird team that you felt blew the AFC championship game that was competing in its fourth straight AFC championship game we had the Tyreek Hill trade we had to do an emergency podcast for that we you know we there were legit like nervous holes on the roster like you're sitting there like yo who who's playing corner you're like oh we're short starting wide receivers yo who's going to play tackle for this team like there was legit holes and not just like oh man maybe we could no legit holes where you needed you felt like you had to throw numbers at at these positions this year and maybe we're learning a little bit from last year and actually last year's draft has helped immensely with not feeling the same way this year as you did last year it's i don't know about you maybe i am awfulness maybe you'll disagree if you do that's your fault but it doesn't feel like to me the chiefs have pressing like gotta have it need need to have it like last year needs on this team going into the draft which makes it the best which means you can just kind of you know do weird things like draft clyde edwards Alaire in the first round if you want to if you just if, if because you don't have real pressing needs i i think a big part of that ron it's just because over the last three
0: seasons, they've drafted, like, 14 contributors. Like, when you have that many guys that have been drafted and developed on your roster, like, suddenly you have fewer needs, and they're all under contract for relatively cheap. Like, you go back to 2020, you got Willie Gay, Lucas Niang, LeGarrius Need, Mike Dana. Now, some of those guys you can argue on, like, the level of contribut- contributions, but they're all expected to contribute to the team this year. 21, Bolton. Humphrey, Trey Smith. Last year, we all know how many guys they were able to get that had significant contributions to the team. And so when you have that and you combine it with the trust that Brett Veach has earned based upon that draft strategy, yeah, man, there's not as many holes going into this year's year's draft. And I think that that word trust is a big part of this as well. You just believe that they're going to come away with this with, at least three, maybe even four guys that are going to contribute in significant
1: ways this year. But the crazy thing, sir, is they it's not just to the point you're saying BK contributors. Man, when you rattled off the last, like, two, three drafts, they drafted starters, like seven of them. (laughs) Like, you talked about Bolton. You talked about Trey Smith. We talk about uh, the corners they drafted last Mm -hmm. year. I don't think they did that on purpose. But all three of them jokers basically became starters, Cook, is it basically became a starter? So it, you know, it makes the Juan Thornhill loss feel, you know, okay. I, I, I just, it, it is not just they have gotten contributors. They've gotten contributors and starters, sort of.
2: Well, and. I'm not going into this draft expecting the chiefs to do what they did last year in the draft. Like that's absurd. Like Jalen Watson was getting playoff interceptions and Brian cook was making incredible plays in an AFC championship game. Like those kinds of guys, like you don't often have to thrust those guys into action that way, but the chiefs put themselves in that situation. And then it paid off, which is also like an absurd thing. When you look back at it, you look at how many young players they had in their secondary last season, but it's also just the contributors that they got And George Karloftis, who I think, you know, we're confident that he's got some improvement that he can make this season, but he can be an effective player for them. Leo Chanel is a guy who might play more for them this season. We'll see. Uh, Brett V's talked about Darian Kennard last week could be a guy that, finds himself being more of a contributor this season after he couldn't find the field last season as a rookie. And and those were guys that like really kind of were underplayed outside of Karloftis a little bit in this draft class. But I am at a point where I'm super confident in the chiefs identifying the type of players that they want and and the type of guys that can get on the field and, and make an impact here. So as far as like the pressing needs go, yeah this is how good football teams stay good. <laughs> like you draft successfully, you don't get bad contracts. Like when you do sign free agents, you do it methodically and you do it in a smart way. And I think the chiefs free agents, even though there hasn't been a ton of them this off season, I think they were really smart with the free agent moves that they did make to the point where you still go into the draft, not necessarily saying like we have glaring needs that we have to address. So we're going to reach on players because we have holes to fill here. They're not in that situation, and that's exactly where Brett Beach wants them to be. No, they didn't reach
1: or nothing at all. I mean, they just don't have to. I mean, at this point, what what are they? What are the needs? What tackle? Because maybe because Wiley left, and you know, do you feel comfortable with Niang there? What else? What receiver? wide receiver edge? Yeah.
0: Those would probably be the three. three I think that yeah. you go into the season or the, go into the draft saying like, if you could upgrade here, it'd be really nice. I. I've seen a lot of people mention edge as like a desperate need. I'm not sure right. I agree with that. Like if you go into the season with Karloftis, a mini Hugh Dana, and you add one of Frank Clark or one of the other veteran edge rushers that's currently available. Dunlap
1: is out there.
0: Yeah. I, I think you're okay at that spot. Like I think a mini hue's is probably an upgrade from what you had most of last season from Frank Clark. And then if you bring back Carlos Dunlap or the equivalent of that guy on the market, you essentially have the same defensive line as you had
1: last year. And the defensive yeah.
0: line was fine last yeah,
1: year. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, listen, I learned my lesson. Uh I felt like they needed more speed, more whatever off the edge. Nah. I mean, <laughs> you could use it, but like they, they like to use Chris Jones out there sometimes to take advantage of certain matchups and move people all around. Like their defensive line. But to me it's just like could you add something and probably would you add something yes but i mean hell i don't even think you're going to add something in the draft where the chiefs are anyway that is going to be some sort of game changer i mean you're not getting will anderson right you're not getting tyree uh, uh wilson you're not getting up there so like miles murphy is a guy that i've seen around that range i mean cool like i mean he's not he's not about to be coming in and filling some void hell i don't think he's better than Charles Amenehue right now, and I don't think he's better than
0: George. So- That's the thing, Ron. We talked about this last year. Like When you draft as late as the Chiefs do, what George Karloftis did for them last year is as much as you can expect out of that late of a first-round pick at that specific position. And so like if you think that you need to add another one of those guys to the mix, I can listen to that argument, and I'm not even necessarily going to push back against it. But I think you've got a lot of guys like that, or a decent number of guys like that right now, the two places that I do think you you probably could and or should upgrade are the other two spots that we mentioned with offensive tackle and wide receiver. And I know this is one place where we kind of differ, Ron, is at receiver. It, it's weird for me to be on this side of things, given the fact that I am such a Sky Moore fan, but I just don't feel super warm and fuzzy about going into the season with MVS, Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore as my top three wide receivers. The upside for that group is pretty damn good. Like arguably better than the upside of the group that they went into last season with at wide receiver. The problem is the floor is significantly lower than the group that they went into last season with. And and I think that's where, I would like to
1: add a little bit of certainty to that unit if possible. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, do you, once again, to the question you said, sir, I mean, are you adding certainty with the level of the draft? Like, is that, is that, are you adding another sky more? Like, are you adding certainty in the draft?
2: If they draft a a rookie wide receiver, like I'm going to say the same thing that I said last year about sky, like, I'm not confident that guy's all of a sudden going to play 90% of the snaps week one. Like, and that was like, you know, people who were kind of projecting sky Moore to be this incredible playmaker with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reed as a rookie. I was like, you got to slow that down. Like, because even Tyreek Hill wasn't a full-time star. Are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? You had Sky yeah. Moore from the jumps and and I still Shut really up. I still really like Sky Moore, but like in, in fantasy in like more. in fantasy football world where you know we talk about like dynasty value and stuff like that, like there was people projecting Sky Moore as like the top wide receiver last year with guys like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. I think it was just you. because he was with Mahomes, which is insane. I wasn't doing that. You were hard up about Sky Moore. You no, and Sky I, still, Moore as the and I still love we, Sky's too. potential. But I, I I am with BK because the Chiefs just have like a wide receiver, especially like they just got a lot of bodies right now, but they don't necessarily have bodies that you're super confident in. Like, yeah, when we saw Kadarius Tony healthy last season, that guy looked like the best wide receiver on the team. Like he looks like the biggest difference maker that they had in, in that group last year. But he has not stayed healthy so far in his first two years in the NFL. So can you keep him on the field? We assume Sky's going to take a big jump, and I, I think that he is going to be have much more playing time this year and be much more involved in the offense. Richie James is just kind of a guy. Justin Watson's just kind of a guy. They've got John Ross, Justin Ross, like okay, all, right. all of those guys are guys that oh, some Watson of them are going to make the team probably. But you're also just projecting like. Justin Ross, it would be a really cool story if he winds up being awesome, but I don't want to roll into the season hoping that that winds up being the case. So I do think wide receiver is going to wind up being really interesting. If if they decide to make a move there with the edge position, I just think it's like, can you ever have enough bodies there, especially young guys who have a chance to continue to improve and be impact players where, yeah, You've got Charles Amenahu now. You've got George Karloftis on a rookie deal. If you bring in another guy on a rookie deal, you've got those guys. You've still got Mike Dana. Like, you've got a ton of depth there, and I, I think that's what you need at the position. But wide receiver is the more intriguing spot for the Chiefs. I, see, the, the, the wide receiver
1: thing I, I, I completely get, and we look at the other ones, tackle and, and edge. For me, i, I got to be honest, I have this – and I, listen, if you know my history, this is weird. Uh, it's weird for me to say it. I have this this dangerous confidence in Brett Veach and his staff. Yeah, I think it is arguable that tackle and edge are much more pressing needs than receiver or, as I would more deem it, playmaker. But I just I feel like Brett and the boys, they'll be able to figure it out late. I feel like Brett and the boys, like rounds three, four to five. I feel like I feel a, a a pretty heavy amount of confidence that they'll find they'll find a starter at tackle if they need one in rounds three, four, or five. They'll find a contributor in the edge uh, that comes off the edge. That I don't know, maybe he's just a speed guy that's a third-down specialist or something. But I feel I feel really confident that those boys. We'll find something off the edge. I don't know. I I don't know why, but, I mean, maybe last year they found so much late. I'm not saying they're going to replicate that again, but they found something late. They've done it the last couple of years to find contributors, and really that's what you're talking about there. I, I feel confident in that, and which is why I believe you should go be aggressive and try to go get one of these playmakers that we're talking about. And you guys are stuck on receiver that's fine too. I'm just talking about an offensive playmaker that can get the ball in his hands and and scare a defense and get going. I just so to me, I'm like, hey, Brett, y'all got this. Y'all scouting department, y'all got this. Y'all y'all pick up a right tackle if you need it in the fourth round. I believe in you. Go be aggressive and get another playmaker in the, in the early spots. That that that's that's So, where I so you're
0: saying move up. You're saying tra- trade up to go get the guy. <laughs>
1: I would if you want to, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it because I think they're in a space, as we already said at the beginning, that there ain't no real must-have need. So do you need all the picks? So if you're like, hey, if there is some playmaker, which I think is the number one thing for me, like you listed off those receivers yep. and the and and I can understand the lack of confidence. But the other thing to me is like there's there ain't but one guy that I think is a like playmaker go like scare the hell out of a defense and he can go hit his head on the goalpost immediately as soon as you put the ball and that's Tony he's the only one of that group I feel like they're lacking a big play threat in some form or fashion so yeah I, I to me if they if there is somebody that they see I wouldn't mind if they traded up to go get him. I think they're in a place where it is a luxury for them to be able to do that. So I think the tough part with this, there's a couple of things I I find it super intriguing.
0: The position strangely that actually has guys that I would be most apt to, to want to move up for is running back. And you should never do that. You should just, it's not good business to go about that um, by, by giving up more assets to draft a first round running back because like Ron, you know I love wide they receivers. Just,
1: they just got one in the seventh round.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you can find them in the third round, and they can start for you by week four, uh, and they can and be a thousand yard rusher. <laughs> exactly. Like it's just—it's really hard to convince yourself. Like, first of all, to draft a first-round running back Not in me. general, but certainly difficult to convince yourself to trade up to go get one of those guys. So then you're like, okay, what about wide receiver? Well, which one you want? They're all like. Five ten, they all weigh a buck 75 and they're all best in the slot and this is where things get really tough ron is like if you want a wide receiver the guy that is like a true outside alpha is quentin johnson and here's the problem with quentin johnson from tcu who has all the side and all the speed and all the college production you can ask for i don't know if he can catch he doesn't play with that size he doesn't track the ball well down the field He's more of a like run after catch type of a player, so he he's big, but he plays small. So it, and, it's hard for me to find the guy that they should be trading up for. Even though I I don't mind necessarily the the idea conceptually about going up to get your
1: guy. I listen. I, I it is interesting with with him because that is one thing they do lack in that receiving course size. Right? They've got a, they've already got a, a bunch of small guys. Uh, not to you know. You know, any he, he shout myself. It's, I sat down. I sat down with uh Quentin Johnston's head coach, Sonny Dykes, uh not too long ago. And he said like his superpower is one, he's dropping the is, football. <laughs> no, he said he's super raw, is what he said. He is super raw as a receiver, but his superpower is that run after the catch. Like put the ball in his hand if he ever gets it in there, and then he can he can break tackles, and he's huge. That's the only time his size kind of comes into play. So he's interesting. I I don't know that I would trade up to go get him. But, like, apparently, like, Zay Flowers, if we're talking about receivers, they seem to really like him. And we know that the Chiefs don't always just look at size and say that guy's got to play in a certain area, right? They, they could see more out of him uh than most so if that like to me if zay flowers is a guy that you feel like is a p- potentially be another playmaker like big time playmaker i'm up i'm all right going up to go get him I, i'm okay with that and i think they really do like him is what we hear so i like that's one in my mind that jumps out that they could go get
2: <clears> him <throat> And I, I understand like what everybody's saying with uh, like they need a big body wide receiver, they need an ex wide receiver, like a guy who can play outside and be physical and do stuff like that. But like they could get by without it. Like, I'm done. I'm done putting the Chiefs in a wide receiver box. <laughs> yeah. All right, because like, like, <laughs> like if they if they trade up for Zay Flowers or get one of these other smaller wide receivers, because there is a lot of them this year. Like touchdowns. Like if yeah. if if they did that, like you'd still be like well, they'll still be fine. Like they'll still figure it out. They'll they'll find a way to make all of those guys effective somehow. I, I, I guess my concern
0: would be this: Zay Flowers is five nine, a buck eighty five. Zay Flowers is probably going to be a slot receiver in the NFL, right? Well, he put like we, on,
1: he put on like seventeen pounds to get right. himself ready for the combine, so that. May but but be we a... we can agree, like most likely in the
0: NFL, that player that I just referenced is going to profile as a slot wide receiver, right? Is yeah. that fair? then if you get that guy, what you're basically saying is we are not going to be utilizing Kadarius Tony as often in the slot. We are not going to be having basically Sky Skymore ever play in the slot. And I just don't know if that's the best route to go for this team. Like, I like the idea. Zay Flowers is a super fun player. He's a really good one. And if they made the move, I, I, I'm not going to be upset about it. I will just be very curious to see what that fit looks like for the Chiefs. And, and, I, and this wide receiver class is full of guys like that.
1: And I think the Chiefs are really unusual to the point of, yeah, most teams you would say that with, but I mean, the Chiefs are the, are a team that, that doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, he's relegated to the slot. Like I don't necessarily think that means that they won't – that that means less opportunities for those guys to, to, to be able to get time in the slot, they will flip those guys all around. Like there, there are many times we saw sky Moore or Tony outside or inside. So I, I don't necessarily, I think with most teams, what you're saying, BK is the truth. I think the chiefs are just, they're different. They'll put any of them Jack, them guys in the, in the slot.
2: It, it, it does like raise a, a red flag for me, just kind of going back to like the Juju Smith Schuster part of it. And It comes back to like the confidence in those players. And the reason we don't have. Uh, a tremendous amount of confidence in them is because we just haven't seen it yet. We're projecting and hoping for the best outcome in this situation, but there is something to be said to just have a guy who's on the field who is going to be where he needs to be all the time and is going to be super reliable in that way. And I mean, maybe that's MVS this season, but like we know exactly who MVS is. Like he's going to yeah. have some boom games and he's going to have a lot of games where he has one catch for five yards. Like that, that's just the player that he is at this point in his NFL career. So I would like somebody more there. Like, I would like somebody that maybe you could lean on. But again, it, it's you're projecting a rookie anyway. So but fellas,
1: I, no, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. But fellas, I, I, I do think like we get kind of tied up in receiver as the place where like, all right, maybe that next secondary playmaker can come from it. Like I, like I said when I said to you earlier, sir, I don't want to put the Chiefs in a wide receiver box. Like I don't want to put them in a playmaker box. Like I, like I don't think that that necessarily has to come from wide receiver. Like I know you, what you said about the running backs, BK, and I think there are some fans that will be scared. But God, just, just only trust the best offensive mind we've seen since Bill Walsh. Let's just figure out what they would, what they could do with it. Just I don't draft a guy that's five seven and runs a four seven. <laughs> like, sure. yeah. don't, don't get that guy. But I, I think there are some. I think there are some running backs that that have running back beside their name, but uh, but are bigger playmakers in the passing game and a lot of different things that you can do with. Right? That 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 I think they could find in the first, late the second. I mean Jameer Gibbs. If you tell me the Chiefs got their hands on Jameer Gibbs the running back out of Alabama who I think can run, can catch the ball out of the backfield, and is a guy that when he touches it can go to the crib, any point. And you can do a bunch of fun things with that guy and somebody when he's on the field that people are going to get concerned with and figure out what is what does it mean he's going to do. What the hell's going on? Him and Pacheco are out here at the same time. What does this mean? I don't think the playmaker necessarily has to come from the wide, re, wide receiver position. I know some people hear uh scary names the uh, D- D- uh, Devon chain out of yeah. AM, the back that is also a really good uh kickoff return guy and a guy that can that can uh, that can catch the ball out of the backfield and almost has receiver skills. Him and Jamar, Jamir Gibbs, like those are two guys that jump out that aren't necessarily wide receivers, but I think are big time playmakers.
0: Yeah, and this is where, like, if you're going to take one of the, I mean, really just the one running back with Jameer Gibbs, I would not trade up for him. I like the idea of adding him, but it's got to be at 31. Um, and then I, I actually really like the idea this year of taking a running back in the top 100, more so than in most seasons. There, there's always going to be quality running backs that are coming into the league. But this year, I think there's a lot that makes sense for the Chiefs, to your point um ron i i think that you look at like with a chain he ran a 432 that speed is real man that'll that'll play a guy that i really like he's a bigger back and i know that we've heard I, i think this was like two years ago that brett veach said just kind of offhand you guys know i like bigger running backs And it was like, no, we we didn't know that at all. But it's good to know. A guy Zach Charbonnet from UCLA is six foot, two hundred and fifteen pounds. He's got some speed as well. He doesn't always play to his size, and that could be a little frustrating. But like, I'm bringing up these names because there's a lot of them. There's a bunch of dudes that you could get in that like second or third round that could come in and be really good for you in year one. In fact, some of them. Could probably take a good amount of the load off of Pacheco, and you could have Pacheco go back to that like change of pace back a little bit. And I think that might be a good thing for the team um, in the long run. In, in that first round, I think the only guy that you could potentially hear at the running back position would be Jameer Gibbs. But I think there's a bunch of others that are coming in that second or third. Second, second or third two is, third. is really where they could potentially make their hay there. Like, would I, you be interested in a tight end this year, Ron?
1: See, like you, that on the playmaker route, would you be interested that, in a tight end? Because it's I'm, I'm it's a great class it. for them. I'm listening to it because I just I just think they need another. Now I don't know how much of the big play threat you get there, but yeah, still, like this I'm. This long I just, play. This is I just, a long play. I just, I just, but I mean, still, if it's the right person, you're putting two guys out there, him and, and Kelsey, and if they're mismatches, and and you can get big chunk plays then that, that is something that is something that, that is a big deal. I just think they need different guys, different playmakers that can add to this team because right now, as you put it, man, I think Kadarius Toney can be that guy. But, like, am I willing to bet you Kadarius Toney's got 10 games in him this year? I'm not willing to bet that right now. Am I really confident 100% that Sky Moore is going to take that jump? I think so, but am I willing to bet on it? I don't know. I just feel like there's just not a lot of, like, big chunk, scare you guys. And and it did feel like sometimes the Chiefs' offense was harder than it should have been because it lacked some guys. Because, I mean, you had a guy in Juju who ran a 5-140 in the middle of the field doing the best he could. But, I mean, there wasn't going to be a lot of speed or run after the catch. and And then you just obviously had Kelsey. But like he, like it felt like at times that he was the big play guy when you had injuries to Kadarius Tony and 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 McCall Hardman, which was a lot at the same time. So it didn't really feel like you just had a bunch of possession guys, and then Kelsey being the big play guy. So if you get it, I don't. I, I'm listening to any of them, tied in whatever. Because I like honest to god when those guys were hurt. McKinnon was the second best like big time playmaker. Yeah. And when I think about McKinnon and then think about Jameer Gibbs in that same role or A Chain in that same role, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm getting frisky. Like I I can like that can <laughs> like that, you know, that makes me want to make out with my wife. Like I I mean, so like I like I'm I, I just see the 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 possibility of that and I'm not just beholden it to the big play guy has to be Tyreek Hill. Or McCole Hardman, it could be all of those things. Hell, McCole Hardman was a glorified running back at times, anyway. Yeah. So I, I mean, like I, I just, I just think playmaker, whether it's a tight end. I don't know. You talk about these. I know you've been waiting to do this, so I, I, I'll allow it. Who are these tight ends you're thinking about? Because I, I go, so as, I go are, as There are so many of them. I go as deep as the young man who lost cool points with me because he sung. He, they asked uh, some GM asked him to sing at the combine, and he elected to go with uh, uh with the uh, wrecking ball by uh <laughs> who by, by Hannah Montana slash uh, 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 uh Miley, Miley Cyrus. Cyrus yeah uh the who's the top tight end for Notre Dame Michael uh, Mayer Michael Mayer yeah they asked him to sing he went wrecking ball
2: uh by. Uh,
1: <laughs> Take him off the board. Never mind. Really, um, he
2: was he was confident in his pipes, man. And then, you know, then it's to step up and say "Wrecking Ball." Yeah, that's a,
1: that's it. a confident. No, that's some weirdness too. Like that's your go-to. That's the one that's right <laughs> off the tip of your tongue. Is "Wrecking Ball," Miley Cyrus. I know she's got a deep register, but my goodness. But but then I, I got him. I got my man Kincaid from Utah, who I think is. is potentially really good who else yeah. behind that are you talking about uh can, can i interest you in a luke musgrave from oregon state he's
0: super athletic i've seen that name yes my, my dude it. ran a 4 six forty, 40 had a 36 dude. inch vertical and broad jumped more than 10 feet that's all very 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 good um the problem is he doesn't stay healthy so there's there are some real questions there he like barely has played football but he's, he's super, he's super athletic um tucker Kraft is a gentleman that Alabama was highly uh, seeking out last offseason, according to Dane Brugler from The Athletic. They offered him $100,000, and he said, nah, I'm going to hang out with my friends here at South Dakota. Uh, So he stuck it out there. He's a guy that's expected to go sometime in the second round. The one that I am just tantalized by, though, I can't get this man out of my head, Darnell Washington. Oh, see, don't do
1: this. This is a kid from Georgia yeah just stop it man he's that man. just uh that don't feel right man he just
0: he is six just... foot seven weighs 265 pounds insane. has Giannis fit. Antetokounmpo's wingspan ran a four six and had the third best short shuttle at the NFL combine Will no he be not than among tight ends wins. among every player at the combine
2: It's and he's a really good blocker. (laughs) You like him as a blocker. Like we're like we're like is he I don't know, man. I I get the sense of
1: him. He feels like like his teammate Nolan, real combine warrior. I just I mean he he him and him and the other kid that is going to be the number one tight end whenever he comes out as teammate at at Georgia. They just had different skill sets, but boy, I just I don't know, man. I I don't know. He seemed limited. I I think he might be. Like he –
0: He is a pure projection because he had like 20 catches in college. Like I I have no idea. Not just
1: last year. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I have no idea if he's going to be a good NFL football player. And so it makes it a super risky pick. But if you told me five years from now that Darnell Washington is like one of the best tight ends in the NFL, like one of the three tight ends that matter. I would say, yeah, that makes sense to me because he has all of the characteristics of a guy that three, four years from now breaks out. And we're like, oh, how, how did we not see this coming? Like, if there's never going to be this, but just to throw out the name that has been comps to him, if there's a Rob Gronkowski from this class, it's probably Darnell Washington.
2: It's – he's I a sit, really – I'll int- sit
1: these next couple of seconds.
2: <laughs> I, he's, he's a really intriguing player because that athleticism is insane at his size. But, like, I also – like. but when we start talking about guys that are – this big like like this guy should be playing in the nba at that size like i yeah. uh, played tight end in the nfl i just struggle like you know who's the comparable guy who's been that big and been Rob like it's he was six six it's uh, yeah and like i think right now like jelani woods is uh second year tight end for the colts that shuts and flashes as a rookie mo alley cox is another guy who's just a massive human being but it's never really been all that productive as a player so I don't know, man. It's Darnell Washington is super intriguing. He yeah, he's, he's intriguing. I think he could be really good, but I, it's
1: he can intrigue those twenty career catches and <laughs> blocking his ass off by his on his own. I mean, uh, like where where is he projected? Uh, it, it depends who you look at. It seems like he's falling
0: relative to what like the media thought he was going to be. You might be able to get him at some point in the second. Like it's possible oh. you could move up a little bit in like the the, the 50 man. range and get him but I, I thought he would go at some point in the first i thought maybe you'd have to take him at 31 it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case anymore no
1: let's yeah let's let's calm that down uh I, i'm not i'm not for that i like i, I don't know because you just said like like to me one of his biggest and i'm not saying you don't need this but one of his biggest strengths is blocking. Like, yeah. that's not in my head, like, the playmaker that's going to.
0: Man, but when you see him
1: out on the move, he gets into space, Ron.
2: <laughs> I had, I'll be honest with exciting. you. It's exciting.
1: I've watched Georgia. I just didn't see him get into a ton of space. I just he... didn't see him with the ball a lot. No, 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 no. I was talking about as a blocker.
0: I'm oh, talking I'm about, about as, as a blocker. blocker. Yeah, he's a, he's a
1: hell of a blocker.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. It, I it It is, in all seriousness, a tremendous tight end class like sam laporta i want to make sure we mention his kid from iowa yeah Iowa is known for developing these tight ends sam laporta is just the most recent one he is super athletic he's a little smaller he's your typical like 6'3 245 he's gonna play in the slot he's not much of a blocker like he's he's a really interesting one and i mentioned tucker craft there's a bunch of guys if they drafted one I, i think this is the year that they should draft one in the top 100 And so if they ended up doing that, I don't think it changes. Like, none of these guys that they would draft, Ron, change how I feel about their weapons this year. This is a developmental pick that you're trying to get your – whenever it is that Kelsey slows down or decides to hang it up, you've got your internal replacement ready ready to go, kind of like what the Eagles did with Ertz and Goddard. But obviously – Goddard and Ertz are not on the same level as Kelsey
1: what what's the feel though like as we close this thing out what's the feel of what you think they're gonna do because that 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 is the part that is interesting and intriguing as well Is we just like there is nothing where you can even push signs to what they're going to do I could see them sitting back and, and, and any of the options are or would be cool like I could see them sitting back and just letting the draft come back to them I can see them sitting there saying, all right, man, we're going to get aggressive and go get somebody. I can see them, them waiting in the first and then being aggressive in the second. Like, you can see them doing a lot of different things. What's the feel that, that, that we have that you think the Chiefs are going to do and how they're attacking this draft?
0: I think they are going to get the three needs that we've been talking about. I think they're going to get a ta- uh, an offensive tackle or a defensive end. I think that's the route that they go in round one. And then I think they get a wide receiver at some point in the top 100. I think those are your top three picks this year. I I would not be surprised to see an, a trade-up for either a tackle or a defensive end in round one. And then uh, round two, you go with the other one. And then round three, you get one of the wide receivers that's left over. I, I think that's the route that you end up going. But I think you're right, Ron. I think there's a lot of room for... Hey, last year they didn't think that Trent McDuffie was going to be there at 21, and then he was. And suddenly they're moving up to go get him. There's somebody that's going to drop this year. It seems like nobody has a good, good gauge on what this draft's going to look like when we get there on Thursday night. So if a guy ends up falling and they're like, hey, we didn't see this guy to, that was going to be there at 22, we've got an opportunity to go and get a guy that we think is a top 10 pick in this class. Let's go get him. So I I could see them going a different route, but that's the way that I would probably uh, project it right now. Tackle, defensive end, wide receiver in their first three picks.
2: That's basically where I'm at. I've been saying for uh, a month, like I, I think they're trading up to go get a tackle personally is where I, I think that they know like, we don't want to play around with this again. Like we're in a really good position right now with Jawan Taylor and the interior of our offensive line. If We go out, we get another tackle, then try to develop that guy or see what we have in Yang and canard and that, and that group of guys. And they say, well, if we have a chance to put a special offensive line in front of Patrick Mahomes, it's just going to make everything that much easier. And I think that's what they're looking to do, but it could still be for an edge or, you know, depending on how the wide receiver group kind of, kind of falls in the draft. Cause it does, it seems like uh, everybody's got the same wide receiver one and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then everybody else is like, they could be, they could be top, top 20 or they, or they could fall to mid second round. Like we don't really know that that's how this group is. So, I think wide receiver is a position where you kind of just have to wait and see how it falls. But if they're making phone calls on draft night to trade up, I think it's for one of the offensive tackles, like without question.
1: Yeah, I, I think because we view this as boy, we don't really know what they can do because they've got so many options. I then think that this is going to be decisions driven by the, the board. Like I don't know that they're walking in right now saying, "All right, this is this is this is the hard plan." To the point you said, uh, uh, not just receivers, see how it falls. I think everything to see how it dictates. Because there's a part of me that thinks, okay, if they move up, they say we're going to go get a tackle in the first round. To me, that feels like, okay, well, that guy's got to start. Like that's what that that feels like to me. It's different from George Karloftis because George can just be in a rotation. Uh, It'd be weird that they go up, especially if they moved up to go get a tackle and that guy – flat out doesn't start immediately. So I don't know if they want to put themselves in that. I just think this is clearly going to be dictated by what the board says and what what is available and what they want to go get. So it'll be interesting. We'll all be there. We'll if all you can be there. Baby. With one player Ron, who do you want? You get to pick one guy,
0: your crystal ball, your like realistic you're
1: to, Yeah, yeah. Within realistic. realistic
0: outcomes.
2: Like, no, you, like you, you can't Robinson. go get Will Anderson. Yeah,
1: um, Jameer Gibbs. It'd be fun. If I'm going realistic, Jameer Gibbs. I think I, what Andy fun. could do with him, uh, that uh, that's something else. I, I, I think I like Darnell Wright.
2: I really like Darnell Wright. Tennessee I'd be really happy if, if, they, if they drafted yeah. him as their tackle, yes. That's yes, that's
1: fine too. They went up and got him. Yeah, that yeah, that's interesting. Just Jameer Gibbs to me. I think I think the play, playmaker role is something that they're they're missing, and I think he he can fill that void. But we'll all be there, and I know Kansas City's going to put it together nice. They're going to get a big event. I already see what it looks like. They got that airport, in thank God Almighty, that uh, eyesore has changed, and now it looks like they're going to put on a good show. As I know they will. So uh, be good times, fellas. See you out there. We are out.